Hello and welcome to In the Days of Noor with me, Noor, where we talk about Islamic-related topics and social issues. Today I want to talk about domestic violence and the Muslim community. In particular, the reason this topic came up for me is because there's been a video that has been spreading um, that's gotten pretty viral, I suppose. And it was a video of a makeup artist showing women how to cover their scars from obviously some kind of domestic violence situation. And so a lot of people were outraged about it, about how horrible it is. And what I find so fascinating is that all of the commentaries fail to mention that Morocco was just as horrified as the Western world when they saw this video. In fact, so I'm going to go back and forth um, with a couple of points, but there's one new show that I watch online called Secular Talk, and I, I enjoy this new show. I think it's really informative, but usually when it's talking anything about Islam, religion, I don't watch it because I know that he is one-sided. He's an atheist. So anyway, I watched this video and... One of the first comments, I'm really glad this is the first comment, because it should be, um, and that is, the person is saying, I'm Moroccan, you also forgot to say that this was posted in the National Day of Violence Against Women, and most people spoke out against the citing, against this, citing women should speak out. We also have laws against this, and men will go to prison for more than five years for it. It's fun to watch these pale people talk about how their culture is superior but hey, at least Morocco doesn't bomb pregnant women and children in the Middle East. That's the real barbarian uh, barbarism. So leaving the last point alone, I think that what she said is so important because she or he, I'm not sure. But because this is something the West likes to paint. And unfortunately, Kyle in this segment, this is an independent news show that I watch online. But unfortunately, in this segment, he falls into what every other mainstream news media would do, which is find a way to demonize Islam, demonize a culture other than yours, point out your superiority. And even in the video, he says this is why feminism needs to spread because of things like this, normalizing domestic abuse. And it's like, one, I think it's funny because... One, I was looking up the statistics earlier, in fact, and it's funny, this before the video even caught my attention, I just happened to look up the statistics, and I found that one in three women in the U.S. have um, been a part of a domestic violence situation with their domestic partner, and happens to be one in four men, so it's pretty high on both sides of the table, but if it was the case that feminism was this magical movement that could remove and erase the normalization of domestic violence, how is it that we have one in three women that are facing domestic violence? Now, to be completely honest, I usually don't trust these kinds of feminist statistics because, unfortunately, they they do not do solid research much of the time. They have and that's not just them any sort of group that you know has a very one-sided opinion about things about the world about different issues you always have to double check and triple 
triple check their research because they have a point of view that they want to push across. And so they are going to warp the research in order to do that. So I do need to look more into that research. But if we take it on face value, if you just Google in these numbers, um, the amount of women that um, have suffered from domestic violence, that is the number one in three. And so if feminism is this magical movement that removes domestic violence from society or makes it not normal, how is it that one in three women are facing domestic violence? If feminism was so successful in the West, how is it that one in three women and one in four men are facing domestic violence? It doesn't make sense. So it's just, I think that for some reason when Westerners talk to Muslims or talk to Muslim countries, they have this idea that maybe Muslims in Muslim countries are somehow completely clueless about their society. As if we don't know what's going on in American society and so they can put on this facade of superiority and then come and tell us whatever they want about however great they are and all the wonderful things they can do for our society and all the oppression they can free us of, not realizing that we can see over their fence too. Like imagine imagine being neighbors with someone and they're looking over your fence and telling you that's out of order and that's out of order and you know, I'm really I'm the most organized person in the world. Like I'm I'm the greatest organizer. I'm just such a good organizer. Why don't I come over and help you? And you're looking over their fence and you're like, um, hey buddy, your yard isn't perfect either. So it's just this this false idea that America somehow has more morality than other places in the world, that we're more intelligent, that we're more adapt to um, somehow almost to be a human, that we are more successful at being human beings and everyone else should follow us. When in fact, first and foremost, we have a lot of domestic violence happening in the States. And what makes it even worse that it's happening in the States is because we have this facade of moral superiority, of feminism, of this, of that, of freedom. So you would think, how is it that we have all these things, but both women and men are in relationships that are abusive? So women have all the choice in the world. They can work, they can go to school, they can um, travel, they can vote. They, They have all these rights, basically equal to men. But somehow they can find themselves in domestic violence situations and not be able to get out. Now, first and foremost, what people fail to realize for whatever reason is that domestic violence is not just about having choices, not just about ideology. It is very much wrapped up in the personal. When you are with someone who is beating you, they're not just a monster. They're not just a... um domestic uh should i say they're not just a, an abuser they're also your lover your friend your confidant your um the person that accepts you the most the person that understands you and this is what this is one thing that i really would upset me sometimes in conversations about domestic violence i have a ma in psychology is when these conversations come up using these using the language of abuser and victim to me was not helpful because it doesn't speak to the full experience of what that person is going through. And again, 
it's not just women and it's not just women it's women and men who are in these kinds of relationships obviously if a woman is being beaten on by a man it's going to probably most of the time be more severe but it's just to say there are a lot of relationships unfortunately in the u.s where people are dealing with violence and it would really upset me to hear people talk about violence in this sense of uh, violence in a family in the sense of abuser and victim because that's not how people see themselves and that's why people can continue to be in relationships to break up and make up over and over again and you're looking at them like he's beating you he's doing this he's doing that you're a victim get out but she doesn't see herself as a victim doesn't matter if she takes on your language or not she does not see herself as a victim because she knows the good, the bad, the ugly, the sweet, the everything of that relationship. So until she can see the relationship as a whole and decide and be able be okay with seeing it as a whole, but also deciding that the kind of love that this man is able to provide is not enough or the kind of love he's able to provide as great as it may be is not worth the sacrifice of being abused whatever the situation is whatever conclusion she comes to it is not cut and dry and so it's the most annoying thing and thankfully obviously I've never been in an abuse well not obviously thankfully I have not been in an abusive relationship but I could only imagine how annoying and frustrating it would be if people are always simply telling you girl you just need to leave him just leave him he's a bum he's he's abusive he's this he's that and not taking the time to understand any of the dynamic of your relationship and really looking at you as if you're stupid. She's just, she's weak, she's dumb, she's dependent, she's whatever, so that's why she can't get out of the relationship instead of understanding that you are a human being and as a human being in a human relationship, you have experienced so many aspects and sides of that person and the abuse is one side and they're not always a monster and so you know that leaving that person is not just leaving the abuse it's also leaving a friendship a lover a confidant all of these many many different things it's leaving all of that and so you have to make that choice to slowly detach it's not an overnight girl he's so horrible you need to leave him it is Yes, there are some circumstances where it's so violent that you need to get out to save your life. But if you really want to cut from it, I don't think it's helpful to tell people, he's so abusive, you just need to leave him. She knows he's abusive. (laughs) You think she didn't figure out that he's abusive, especially in our society where as a culture, we put up a front that we don't accept domestic violence. But in reality... It's happening all over the place. If these statistics are to be trusted, it's happening in one out of three relationships. That's a lot. That means we all, statistically speaking, have a friend, have a family member who has been in a domestic violence situation. And so I'm saying all this to say we have to stop pretending that domestic violence when we're talking about other countries, other cultures, is something that we don't deal with ourselves. 
we first need to recognize this is something we deal with ourselves because if we if we did if feminists or whoever western people wanted to team up with people from the east and say we need to fight domestic violence don't come over there like heroes because just as we can see over our fence they can see over their fence too they can look in our backyard too and it's not clean it's very messy in both yards so that's first and foremost secondly there is nothing absolutely nothing in islam that would make anyone believe, be convinced that domestic violence is a part of a marital relationship. Obviously, some people are going to bring up the verse 434 in Al-Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he describes a situation in which a woman is rebellious to her husband. And I have to even stop there because in our culture, in our society, well, what do you mean rebellious to her husband? We act as if, well, a woman can do whatever she wants. No, she can't. Neither can a man. If you're in a relationship, and everyone knows this, if you are in a relationship, you can't just do whatever you want to do. If you want to stay in that relationship, if you want to have a happy relationship, if you don't, obviously you can do whatever you want to do and you'll face the consequences. But if you want a happy, healthy relationship, of course you have to check in with your your um, spouse. Of course you have to talk to them about, especially about major decisions. So no, a woman cannot do whatever she wants, nor can a man. So the Quran, it tells us about a scenario where the husband, he's a good, upstanding husband, and the wife is rebellious in, in whatever way. And when I've had this explained to me by one of my shiuch, he spoke specifically about being rebellious in her religious duties. Another shiyuk told me specifically being rebellious when it comes to adultery. So having having adultery. Um, would you say having adultery or being adulterous? And so Allah goes through the steps of leave her in the bed, stop sleeping with her, um like as ways to remedy this situation talk to her parents um i don't know if there's one more step after that and then the last step is hit her now because we live in a society for muslims and non-muslims unfortunately that's disconnected from scholarship people see this first hit hit her and either they ignore it, they run from it because they just don't want to discuss it. Let's just pretend it's not there. Or they take it literally and they say, hey, the Quran says you can hit her, you can hit her. Both are wrong because there are some places, there are some situations in the Quran, in Hadith, that need further explanation. That a lay person cannot just pick up, look at it and say, okay, I guess that's what I have to do. And that's probably the scenario with anything that comes into practice. I won't say anything. Obviously, some things are more general. But when it comes to specific things that you have to put into practice, you need further explanation. Because, for example, if you're a Muslim, whatever, you don't have a lot of knowledge, you're just beginning your studies. And let's say you start out with the Sirah. For whatever reason, you don't start out with the Quran. You start out with Sirah, reading Sirah, reading stories from the Prophet Wasallam's life. And you read about how he was kind to his wives how he wasn't someone who got angry, he was kind to everyone, he was a mercy in people's lives, 
He was loving. He was helpful in the home. He um, was always, what do I want I'm forgetting the word, um, like a good listener. Um, He was all of these many wonderful, beautiful things to his wives. So you read that, you have a picture that the leader of Islam, the last prophet, uh, peace and blessings be upon him. And then you decide, okay, now let me read the Quran. And then you begin, you're reading the Quran, alhamdulillah, mashallah. You get to this verse 434. Well, you just read the story of the Prophet You never read about any incident where he hit his wife. You never read about any incident where he even yelled at his wife. So now you're confused because then now you're reading the Quran and it's saying if you have a rebellious wife, you can do this and this and this. And then finally you can hit her. Now you're confused, or at least you should be confused because there's no way you can believe that the Prophet was this kind, merciful leader of the believers, and then read this verse and automatically think, well, I guess it's okay to beat my wife because the Quran says so, even though the Prophet never did it. Like, you can't, you can't put those two things together without more context. You just can't because the Prophet was our leader. If he didn't do something, that's a signal to us that we probably shouldn't do it. It's not a signal that we can't do it. But it's a signal that we probably should not do it. And so verses like this, when it comes to practice, need further information. So if you were to get further information, if you were to look at the fiqh, you would understand. For one, in this is a situation we've already said where the wife is rebellious and the husband is upright. This is not a light situation. This is not she, the tea is too hot or the milk is too cold. This is a heavy situation. Think about a man who's pious, upright. His wife goes astray. She starts going to the club. She starts hanging out late, hanging out with the wrong people. That he has the right to use physical force after he's told her. He's asked other people to talk to her. He stops sleeping with her to show that he's really serious about what he's saying. And now put this scenario in your mind. I, I think one of my shiur gave me this scenario. I don't think you said going to the club, but something similar. Pious, upright man. He's praying all his prayers. He's making dua for his wife. He's treating her right. He's taking care of her. She doesn't have to work. She doesn't have to do anything. Um, He's very kind to her. He helps her around the house. He is um he tries to teach her about Islam, remind her about Allah, but she fell in with the wrong people. She's going out to the club. Okay, he tells her he wants her stop, you have to stop doing this. This is not okay. It's not good in Islam. You're messing up our marriage, you're messing with my head, you're giving me doubts, whatever. She doesn't stop, she keeps going. And he says, Okay, I'm gonna call your parents, I'm gonna have them talk to your parents, come over, talk to her. they leave, she's back at it again. All right, that's it. I don't even want to be next to you anymore. I'm sleeping on the couch. Have the bed to yourself. I'm not. I'm serious. I'm really serious. You need to stop. She keeps going. Then he sees her again. And she's doing the same thing. She has on sleazy clothes. She's about to go to the club. And before she goes, he grabs her. And he says, enough. Now, this is the last... This is usually... 
the last straw of a marriage. If it has to go this far, and this is a scenario that is not very likely, obviously. But it happens. It does happen. So, this is the last straw of a marriage. He's done everything. Now is the time to figure out, are you divorcing or or what? Or what are you going to do? At that point, at that last straw, he is allowed to use physical force. You can still have a problem with that or not. And there's another um, caveat that it has to. he has to know that that will work. He has to have some idea that that will work. Because for some women, if you physically... Um, what do I want to say? If you physically restrain them, then... They're gonna hit you back. You hit them, they'll hit you back. Or you try to physically restrain them, they'll they'll push you back, they'll try to kick you, they'll spit on you, the situation will just get worse, you'll start fighting. Like you have to know that if you do this, this there's a good chance that it'll work. It can't be just okay, that's it, I've had it, I'm really angry, so now I'm just gonna hit her. No, you have to know that this will work. You have to know that that's your wife's personality, that you don't get angry easily, that you show your anger when you mean it, and that this is the last straw. And so, in this scenario, you restrain the woman. You, anyone, a non Muslim can still have a problem with that if they choose to. But that, at least, tell the truth about it, at the very least. What the Qur'an is talking about is not domestic violence. So if you find domestic violence in a Muslim society, it has nothing to do with Islam. It has to do with people's nafs, just the way people are themselves. Because, guess what? You find it in American society, too. So obviously, it's not a religious issue. Is it just a man-woman issue? I don't know. Is it just a personality issue? probably possibly um is it just an issue of some people just the way they particularly interact with each other maybe it can be many is it just the fact that men are more physically built than women so they can know they can use their strength to intimidate women probably could be but don't try to act as though domestic violence is somehow intertwined with Islam or Muslims because it's not and it's so deceptive and it it just plays further into this narrative of Islam Muslims being these backward people this backward religion that just needs to update along with everyone else Islam is the final religion the final say I shouldn't even say the final religion because there's one religion that's believing in God that's it period. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came with different laws. Islam is the final message. It's the final rule book, Al-Quran, and the final messenger, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for all times. So if Islam seems out of date, either something is wrong with the society around us, or something is wrong with the way we as Muslims are implementing our deen, but it's not that something is wrong with our deen. So this is this is just another example to me of, yes, a misrepresentation of Islam, but also a misrepresent uh, a misrepresentation of Islam by non-Muslims, but also a misrepresentation of Islam by Muslims. Now this this television segment 
what was his what was its intention Allahu alam and in Morocco they do have a a day for um what do you want to say an awareness day for violence against women so they are cognizant of this issue they're not in the dark um and they were also outraged by this segment but again as i started out with in the beginning i can see how a segment like this was not necessarily meant to normalize domestic violence now i wouldn't do it <laughs> i don't think it's a good idea um but i could see how someone might think that even if someone is dealing with this scenario you can say like, stop all day long you can say leave all day long but if they're not going to leave what else can you do for them to make that scenario better i don't disagree with anyone if someone is beating you up i don't disagree with anyone that that person should leave that scenario but what if they don't is it leave or nothing Allahu alam Allahu alam um <coughs> the last thing i want to say is when i was watching secular talk he said um and i like secular talk a lot so this is not like a rant against them um but he said in this segment that instead of teaching women to cover up their scars from domestic violence you need to be teaching men not to beat women and this is an argument that I hate. Not this argument in particular, but this idea we have in it it mimics the idea, another idea we have in Western culture, that you shouldn't be telling women to dress more modestly or to not stay out late or to um not drink alcohol at the levels of men because their body can't even handle it, or to not be around strangers. No, no, no. You shouldn't be teaching them any of those precautions. Just teach men not to rape. So what he's basically saying is the same sort of thing. Don't teach women to normalize domestic violence. Teach men not to beat women up. Now, of course, I don't think women should be taught to normalize domestic violence. But I think this idea that all we have to do is tell men to stop it. Just stop your bad behavior. That somehow that is going to dramatically change society. I don't know. But I think that we have to always work on both sides of it. And I remember, again, being in my master's degree program and talking about domestic violence. And one of my teachers, who was a feminist, she was talking about how if she had someone who was in a domestic violence situation, she would tell them to get out. And my my answer, my um, contribution to that discussion is that I wouldn't necessarily, it's not even that I wouldn't necessarily tell them to get out. I don't know if I would or wouldn't, but I don't think that's the point. I think that you have to dive deeper into the psychology of a woman and why is she staying in a domestic violence situation. Because everyone knows a hit is a hit is a hit. A punch is a punch is a punch. She sees her face. She sees her bruised eyes. She sees her the, the blood falling from her mouth. She sees her children are frightened of this bed. She's... She's aware of what's happening. Now, what is her level of awareness? That is a question. But she's aware of what's happening. She knows she's being beat up on. Why is she there? Because for me, okay, great. I encourage you to get out of this situation. I give you an escape route. Great. Wonderful. 
how are we going to make sure you don't get into the situation again with him or with someone else? Because you would be surprised how many women continuously get into domestic violence situations with different men. So it's not them. It's you. And by saying it's not them, it's you, I don't mean that the man has no part to play. If you're beating a woman up, it's 110% your fault. But as the woman, you need to look inside yourself and ask, why do I keep choosing these men? Like, what is going on? What kind of perception do I have of love that I keep being willing to accept abuse along with it? We have to train people to think more deeply about themselves as well as about the other. <laughs> but really and truly, if we all thought more deeply deeply about ourselves, if we all had more self-reflection, automatically our relationships would get better. Automatically the world would get better if we made more conscious choices. So yes, I'm against domestic violence. Yes, if a woman is being beat up, she should leave. But what else should she do? What kind of retrospection should she have, should she take to figure out why she was ever, why she ever allowed that kind of relationship in the first place? That's just my stance. That's my point of view. But lastly, one more time, I will say Islam, Muslims have nothing to do with domestic violence. Yes, there is domestic violence in Muslim countries. Yes, there's domestic violence in non-Muslim countries. So let's not pretend as if Islam is somehow the thread between uh, a population and domestic violence. It's not. Don't pretend it's not. They can see what's happening in the U.S. just as we can see what's happening there. And we all have issues. Domestic violence is a problem here. And maybe it's a problem there, but let's not get on our high horse and pretend that somehow westernization or feminism is going to save Morocco from or any Muslim country from domestic violence when it's happening right here on our soil. Thank you for listening. Take care.